Welcome back to your favorite, not second, not third, not fourth, but your favorite podcast ever, Bold Perceptions. And today we probably have one of the craziest episodes we have released. It is with a psychic. And I know what some of you might be thinking, uh-oh, are they going hippie, crazy, wacko? Maybe we are, but I personally believe that Ali, who is our guest, can connect into energy, trust her gut, um, look at things from different perspectives to help clarify or guide people on the path they are on. And I personally know people who have uh, gotten amazing results working with her, including Jake and George, who do this interview today with her. So I um, uh, hope you guys keep an open mind and explore these new ideas and expand your horizons. Okay, and then also, don't forget, share this episode with someone that you think would get something from it. We would really, really appreciate that and bringing them into our awesome community we are building. And also, Allie's doing a promo code. I think it's like $50 off. So hop on that. Message us to get that figured out and enjoy the episode. Ooh, I almost forgot. This is uh, part one and we have another part coming. They recorded for about two and a half hours. It was crazy. So, enjoy it. Bold Perceptions, back for another great episode. This is going to be a good one, I promise. It's Jake and I. I'm George, in case you don't recognize my voice. And we have Allie Maurer today, certified psychic. Um, Jake, I know you've gone to her a couple times. I've been to her once, going on twice, very shortly after this. Uh, Jake, do you want to tee this up a little bit with your personal experience? Of course, I'd love to. So I saw Allie back in February. It was the day after the Super Bowl, after being recommended by one of my uh, good friends' dads who had gone and said amazing things. I've always been super interested in the psychic and that spirituality realm. And so after hearing his experience, I was like, I, I need to do this. I was, I remember... The day he told me about it, I actually called Allie and uh, set up an appointment for the following week. And it was mind-blowing, to say the least. Uh, I can't really put into words what it's like. And then um, two days ago, so April 6th, was past Monday, I went and saw her again. And once again, can't explain enough or can't say it enough how just absolutely mind-blowing of an experience it is and also it gives you a sense of that you're on the right track or if you need to be redirected so I'll kind of let her get into the background and what she what she's all about so Allie why don't you uh, take it away well first of all thank you guys for having me on your podcast it's super cool to be here um so yeah, I've, I've been doing this uh, my, my whole life, mostly. Um, I've had my gifts since childhood. I didn't always understand what they were, or what was going on, but I had a lot of experiences. And looking back now, I can see how those experiences differed from other people's experiences, like what we'd call like normal people. Um, when I was 14, my first mentor actually came and found me um because she was told by like her higher self that she needs to find me train me that i need to be doing this that i need help and so before i turned 15 i was still 14 she had me in coffee shops in minneapolis uh pandora's box uh was the main one and she would just grab random people set them down in front of me and i would have to just just go just on the spot like do a psychic reading so um i've been doing it for the public on and off and strangers on and off since i was 14 um, I'm, I don't care if you don't know how old I am, I'm going to be 35 next month. So I've been doing it a while. Um, but I started doing it as a full-time profession. I quit my other jobs, um, and dedicated my life hundred percent to supporting other people, um, in their spiritual journeys and with what they need help with since 2016. So, um, so that's, yeah, I've just kind of been doing it on and off my whole life and in different ways, but I've 
fought it for a long time. I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to tell people I was psychic. There's a lot of like still stigma around what that means. And so um, I, I did fight it. I had other careers and I was just kept getting pulled and pushed and shoved onto this path. So um, yeah, I kind of gave into two, in 2016, I gave into it and, and started doing it full time. And we're very glad you did give into it, quote unquote, <laughs> because you've helped us quite a bit already. And um, do you want to explain for people, Allie, kind of how you use um, energy to do your readings and kind of your pre, before the customer comes in to your dojo, we'll call it, how do you get a read on them? How do you use energy to do that? Yeah, so I'm not going to go into like how energy and frequency and vibration work right now because we were, that's like a whole nother podcast. We could talk all day about that. But basically, like I can tune in my gifts. Everybody has intuition and you can kind of develop that into psychic, the psychic realm. Um, and I just kind of open up. So I'm a psychic and a medium. And I usually connect with people just by intention. But I like having somebody's first name. So I don't really care if people give me their last name when they when they sign up, but I do like a first name just because it gets things clearer, faster, easier. It gets like right to the point. Um, and what I do is I kind of go into a meditation and I just start writing and I just write down all the information that comes through about what that person needs to know from their higher self, not from their ego. So I do get into, as you guys know, the specifics of like a relationship or a job, but it's really like the deeper stuff of what people are going through, what they need to know about what they're going through, what they need to do on more of an energetic spiritual level than just like, here's the address to your next employer, go knock on their door on Tuesday. Like that's kind of for you to do. Um, but I like, yeah, I like to really connect with people in those deep ways. So um, I basically just by intention can sort of connect with somebody's energy and receive information about them. And um, I do it and I, I like, integrity is very important to me so i like to do it again from that like what what does your higher self want you to know um i have a disclaimer on my site like i do not use this for psychic stalking like do not come to me and ask where your ex is living where they're working like if they're dating somebody else like i won't go into that but that doesn't make me feel good I, it feels pretty gross um <laughs> and i don't use it to like get your social security number or like do telepathy and know all your deep dark secrets. I try to really do this in a way of like more of a life coaching to really help people. Yeah, I think the life coaching uh, angle for it has been, or is a really good way to do it and look at it because being able to help somebody like that and be able, because sometimes like when I've gone to you, you've told me things that, I mean, I know about myself, but it's, I haven't really acknowledged them yet in a sense, and it kind of directs me towards that right path. What is it like when you have, so like if some, like I just said, if I'm aware of that thing that my higher self is wanting to communicate to me, but I haven't acknowledged yet, and so it's a tough conversation to bring up with somebody, how do you go about that and letting them know that, hey, this is what it's, your higher self is trying to communicate to you, even though you I may not be in the right headspace to hear that. You kind of get what I mean? Yeah. So like a lot of people that come to me say it's kind of like going to a therapist or a counselor, but they know everything about you before you get there. So you don't have to like go over your life story about it. So I kind of come from that direction with it. And I try to do it in the most compassionate, com I try to do it with compassion and be tactful and try to kind of hone in on where the person is. And one of the things about being empathic, meaning I can pick up on people's energy, is when I start talking about a subject, I can sort of tell if there's a lot of resistance in that. So if I start talking about something and if somebody isn't understanding it or somebody isn't ready to hear that, I can kind of pull back a little bit, try to say it in a more gentle way. Um, but there's some people that the some of the stuff in the reading as you guys know doesn't make sense to people at the time it takes time to, for them to process or for them to sort of think about it from different angles and then they kind of come back to me and they're like oh my gosh I had no idea what you were talking about at the time and now it makes so much more sense now that I kind of have processed it or other messages that are similar have just like been kind of jumping in randomly into my life so um you know, I, I try to use discretion. I try, you know, not to bombard people with, with stuff they're not quite ready to understand or to um, 
to know. So I'll kind of like hint around it and then let them get there if, if and when they want to. So, you know, I, I try to be as forthcoming as possible and I don't withhold information. But some people, some people are very good at or they like you not to be doing the bush and they'd like to cut to the chase. And it's like, okay, I feel like your husband's cheating on you. You can say that to some people and other people it's like, okay, I feel like, you know, there might be some deception or there might be th some things going on around that, you know, you might really need to trust your intuition and just sort of with things don't feel right, kind of ask yourself why, because if you were to tell them, you know, oh, your husband's cheating on you, like that could really, that could really have a negative impact on them. So they have to kind of come to conclusions sometimes themselves. So. And those aren't always, aren't always the things I pick up on about people, but that's just an example. Makes sense. Yeah, you don't want them to hear that information and just have like a general freak out there on the spot. Um, I guess too, because we've been talking about higher self, what exactly is somebody's higher self for those that don't know? Yeah, so everybody, everybody sort of has... A connection to pure consciousness, whether you want to call that source, spirit, God, um, I just call it more source or pure consciousness. And we are all connected to that. We're not separate from it. And your higher self is basically your energy, your soul, um, and the intelligence that you have as an individual that's connected with that source, pure conscious energy. So you yourself have all the answers you need to everything, but most people, um, most people have a difficult time tuning into it. It's not something we are taught to cultivate in this society, where in other societies it is or it was in, in past societies. So um, it's really your own divine intelligence, basically. Okay, no, and that makes sense. That's a perfect explanation because it is a very broad topic it's hard to grasp for some people it's too big to grasp it is for me actually I'll say that I mean I'm not going to pretend like I'm some all-knowing guy that knows that um, and another thing I wanted to go into right away I love the way in which you use your powers and your you know your what you know to actually help your client um, for example you gave me the example that if somebody asked hey Allie when am I going to get married if you know the answer is 2027 you're not going to tell them that because they still need to date people in order to turn into the person that is ready to, you know, get married in 2027 or they're not going to, or else they're not going to date people that will teach them lessons in order to lead them to that person in 2027. How do you know when to kind of shape shift a lesson? And it's not, it's not a lie. It's not manipulation. It's just kind of bending the truth in a, in a very healthy way. So one of the deals that I had when I first got into this um, was that I sort of made a deal or a pact with, again, whether you want to call it source, spirit, whatever, my higher self, that I wouldn't receive information if it wasn't in somebody's highest good. So I don't have to question it and be like, oh my gosh, should I tell this person? Should I not? If it comes through, then there's some way I have to try to get the message across, even if it's, you know, kind of softly or gently. Um, but when it comes to future events, so I like to focus a lot on the present moment and the past so we can learn from those things and look at how your attention and intention are creating your way forward because the future is really based on the decisions that you make and free will. It's not written in stone like some people think. So do I do a lot of work at looking into the future for my clients? Absolutely. I do that, you know, almost, almost every session for every client. And I look at where their, um, where sort of their path is leading them and what has the most energy around it to take place. So sometimes I give exact dates, sometimes I give timelines, sometimes it's broader than that. You know, I've given people exact dates of when, the, when their house is gonna sell. But if you were, so again, that has where the most energy is, but if tomorrow they decided they're gonna wake up and just, go to Bali or go across the world, that would change what I was seeing because there wasn't a lot of energy around them just deciding to go to Bali. So I really focus on, again, that information in their higher self. And if it will somehow get in the way or be a self-fulfilling prophecy or keep them from doing the best they can on their path, I just won't get energy. And I'll just be, I'll just be honest and like, hey, I'm not picking up a lot of energy on that. Or it might be very general information that comes through and I'll tell them that. So for example, one of my clients um, came and asked if her cancer was going to come back. And that's usually 
And again, like I do not medically diagnose people. And so I'll never say, yes, your cancer is coming back. Or no, it's not. I'll say, you know, here's the energy around that. But I never do a di diagnosis or tell people, get off of medicine, get on a med. That's not my job, go to a doctor. But I'll look at the energy around things. And there was nothing coming up for her. And, and usually there is. So after she left, I asked why I wouldn't receive information about that. And they said, this is the only time in her life that she's ever taken care of herself. If you tell her the cancer's not coming back, she's gonna go back to not taking care of herself. There's gonna be other health problems, so it's best if you just stay out of it. So I really respect that. So again, like you said, you know, if, the, one of the biggest questions is like, what's the name of the person I'm gonna marry? Who am I gonna marry? When am I gonna meet them? And it's like, well, if I told them, yeah, the person that you're not with right now, you're not gonna marry them, it's gonna be this other guy, here's his name, it's gonna happen in 12 years. Well, somebody might, dump that boyfriend that they were supposed to have a lot of lessons with or have like a lot of growing to do with them and not do what they need to do. And then they won't meet the person that they're supposed to meet in 12 years because it's kind of like thrown that off or yeah, it, they might just not date anybody. And they were, yeah, like you said, you know, supposed to date three people that really helped them grow, or maybe it wasn't even specifically three people, but there was a lot of growth through, through relationships and meeting people that now they're not going to do. Or, you know, if I, some people, you're like, what am I going to die? Well, that's probably not useful information. And if I tell you, oh, tomorrow at 7 p.m. you're going to die, well, you might like run a stop sign because you were so freaked out and get T-boned and, and die. But would you have even died before I even, if I didn't say something? So it's like, if you've ever seen the Matrix and like the Oracle's like, I think he like breaks a vase and she's like, I wouldn't have told you that you were going to break it. Would have still broke? And, and he was like, what? It's, it's kind of like that. You don't want to you don't want to get in the way of what is in somebody's highest good with the information that you give them. You want to support them in making the decisions that can fulfill that sort of the goals and um, the things they want to do now in the best possible way. Fascinating. That's very, very fascinating. Uh, and the matrix, it's a great movie. I know you alluded to that when we were on the call the other day, but um, so if something it bad is going to happen, um, say for example, they're going to get in a car crash and get severely hurt. You wouldn't divulge that information just because what if you telling them is the thing that causes that? Or would there be a situation where you would let them know to, you know, I have a bad a feeling or I sense bad energy around a certain thing to have them avoid it completely? Yeah, that would be up to what their higher self wants me to know about it. For example, one of my clients comes and he always asks about, about his kids. And I said, you know, and they're, I'm sure his son doesn't live in a bad part of town. They're, you know, they're financially, they're, they're doing well. So it's not like he lives in a part of town I should be worried about, but it kept on coming up. Like, I feel like there's something about where he's living. It's unsafe. Like have him be really careful about who he lets in the house. There's something about it that I don't, I don't have a good feeling about where he's living. And a couple months later, people broke into his house and nearly beat him to death. So, you know, that wasn't as high as good to be able to, you know, like know that information. But if it wasn't, I wouldn't have received that. So what people do with the information is, is different. You know, they can act on it. They cannot act on it. It's just me giving messages. So it's completely up to people what they do with the how they even interpret the information and that I give them. Sometimes I'll tell people something and what they repeat back to me is completely different. And I'll tell them again in a different way and they'll repeat it back and it's completely different then. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's what they need to hear right now. Um, so yeah, if there was something coming up where I, you know, did feel like they, sh you know, should know about it so they can um, either be prepared for it. Um, like one of my clients, I hinted that her husband was going to ask for a divorce, which she was kind of like, no, my relationship's good, everything's great, like that would never happen. And I wasn't like, no, you're gonna get a divorce, but I was like, there's gonna be some stuff coming up. And, and so and after it happened, she's like, I'm so glad you didn't just like tell me that would have freaked me out, but you did prepare me for it. So if, the, if it is something that your higher self's like, by the way, here's a cautious warning, or I wanna prepare you, or I want you to know so you can completely just, you know, avoid the situation in the first place, then I'll let them know or with career, um, career moves that like some people are like, Oh, I really want to start this business. Or I really want to, my friends ask me to go into business with them or, 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 you know, I got offered this job. And if, if I'm like, I don't see that as a good mix at all, you should not do that. I will let them know. 
Huh, fascinating. And you, and you mentioned that you kind of get bad feelings about career or hiring people or, you know, clients of, uh, of business people that come in. I remember I had heard a story. I'll keep it unnamed, but this client of yours kind of came to you and said, Hey, um, do you have bad feelings about me hiring this person or that person? And you did say, yes, I, I don't, I'm not feeling the energy. I'm not feeling the vibes there. And I know he ended up actually hiring these people and ultimately they were fired um, within a month or two. So do you, I mean, have you been, I guess, not wrong, but has something led you astray where it actually does work out if you say it's not going to? Yeah, so nobody's ever 100% right all of the time. So if you're looking into psychics, you definitely want to get somebody that either has a good reputation, they have really good reviews, you know somebody personally that has been to them. Um, because we're not right all the time. It's our interpretation of the energy. And that's a, one of the things that's a little bit different between psychics and mediums. So psychics, you're really perceiving the information and you kind of put it into your words. Mediums, you can channel the information a little bit more and get full concepts. And I do both. Uh, mediumship is also talking to these people. So some people might be confused if I don't put that in. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's definitely ways that, you know, the way I think something's going to work out, it might be slightly different than how it does, but it still makes sense with the message that came through. But like the actual circumstances were slightly different than I expected or, um, or how, again, how the person interpreted it was completely different. Um, or the timeline. Timelines are one of the hardest things for psychics to get. So I might be like, oh yeah, you're going to meet this guy in three months. And then it ended up being like six months. But because of free will and especially relationship readings are some of the hardest to do because you're taking two people's free will or multiple people's free will instead of just one person's free will when they're talking about maybe a job. So, um, so timelines are kind of the iffiest things. But yeah, I mean, definitely there's things that have come up where, you know, here's where, where you're going. Here's what I see happening. And then the person divulges in a different way and, and avoids that coming in. So there's never anything that comes in that's just completely like random or just is off the wall. It always comes in for a specific reason. And that's one of the things as I've gotten older, I used to get really worried about talking about the future or, ta or doing readings because what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? Um, but even the things where people would tell me like that's wrong, it doesn't make any sense or I don't know who this deceased person is that's coming through, it doesn't make sense. I can't tell you the amount of returning clients, emails, phone calls I get back that like, I totally didn't believe you or that didn't make any sense at the time. Um, I had one client that came in for a mini reading, I think it was probably at Sticks Tavern and she wrote me an email. She, she gave me a five-star rating two years later. She had asked about her career and what was gonna go, what, what she needed to know about this new job she had just started. And I gave her a very specific situation and like specific people that were involved in the situation and um told her like what she would kind of have to like what would be a good resolution to what was going on and it made no sense to her and in but she never asked like specifically what's going to happen in the first like 30 days of this job so they gave her the most important information about this job that they they being her higher self spirit guides angels whatever we want to call them needed to know what it happened two years later and she wrote a five-star review about like how she was so happy she kept those notes it was it was exactly and with the same people that I said it was going to happen with and that um that like the guidance I gave her about that is exactly what needed to be done and what she had to do and then what she ended up doing um and again I I never tell people what to do and that irritates people sometimes they're like well just tell me do I take this job or this job do I go out with this guy or do I go out with that guy and that's your decision. I'll tell you the energy I see about each one, but I do, you have to, I like to empower people so you can make decisions and create your life versus take that away from you and say, this is what you should do. Sometimes I will be a little bit more forthcoming of like, you know, I don't, I really don't have a good feeling about that if you do that, but that's up to you. So I will, you know, if the, the clearer things are, the more I will try to guide them. But I will never tell people what to do because that's not my job. My job is just to give you messages. And um, sometimes it can, again, be more like general based on what you need to know. And sometimes they're very specific. 
but your life, you're here to live your life. You're not here for somebody else to tell you how to live your life. That would be cheating and it would be disempowering. And to me, it seems very unethical for anyone, um, especially in a position of someone that somebody might be relying on for support, whether it's a life coach, a therapist to say, you need to do this. It's like, no, you need to, you need to live your life. And if that's making mistakes and learning from them, great. If that's overcoming and empowering yourself, great. But you are literally here to evolve your soul. And if you're not doing that yourself, you're going to come back and have to do it again. So it's like, just do it now. Yeah. And it also, it takes away their free will in a way. So it's almost, it is a good thing that you do it that way. And you just mentioned evolving your soul. So does that mean that we have lived past lives where our souls have learn different things and they've grown through those lives now we're at this life and does that mean then we're gonna have a next life and a life after that or can you kind of explain the evolving of the soul process so the majority of people that i see um it's not their first life here although we do have people that now children um that are being born right now it is some of their first lives they are new here and they're really helped to kind of make the transitions in the world that we're sort of directing like human evolution towards and so yes the majority of people have had past lives and so people sometimes ask like the big existential questions of like what is the meaning of life what is the purpose well we're here to evolve our souls which is evolving through consciousness itself through our um, individual experiences of that and so it is about the evolution process it's about having experiences about it's about trials and errors and challenges and we unfortunately you know unfortunately we don't learn through things being super easy so the most meaningful lives we have are the ones that we do have conflict we do have challenges but then we overcome them so sometimes people will get stuck in certain lessons over a period of lives or there's karma that's being worked out um, and a lot of times it happens with some of the same people. So you'll kind of reincarnate and, and meet the same people and kind of go through the same circumstances if you didn't quite get to where you wanted to be in the last life. But we are on right now, this time, especially in the United States, we're evolving so much faster than we ever have before. We're able to evolve our souls in one lifetime where it would have taken like three or four lifetimes to do the same amount of quote unquote work or have the same experiences. So it is a really interesting time to be alive and, and people's past lives are coming up a lot right now, um, especially with what's going on with astrology um, that kind of triggers things that it's really like a lot of people are just, this is what your soul wants you to know. Here are the challenges you're facing. It's from past lives and your soul really doesn't want to have another life where you're experiencing this again. You're really meant to like overcome it now. So like, let's, let's do this. So um, yeah, and, and most people, you know, are going to have more lives past this. Sometimes we take little breaks, but um, the majority of people, you know, that are here right now are going to have more lives. They're not just like, okay, well, I'm done with that. Like, let's, let's just not do that anymore. Um, if people knew how, how hard that, like, we sort of worked to get down here, people, um, one, would enjoy it a little bit more and take it a little less seriously. But and that doesn't mean it's not serious, the things that are going, but from a soul's perspective, it's really not because it's just a blip on the screen. But, um, but people wouldn't be in such a rush to sort of um, have all these other experiences. That, that whole concept is one of the most interesting to me because I, was, I watched this video, The Egg Theory, um, and I'm pretty sure it's an, an older theory where you live each life on this earth and then you, your soul kind of evolves into a higher sort of being. And in that video, it was saying, you know, you might be born this life as what I'm doing now. And then a different life will be you're a farmer way back in 1800 BC. So do these lives go in linear order? Or could I say, or would I, my soul in my next life live back in the 1800s? There's a lot of things uh, I want to get into about what you just said, but um, to answer the question, it goes in a linear fashion because we're on we're we're in the evolutionary process. We're always on 
the what some people say is the leading edge of evolution. So it makes no sense for you to go back in the past and have those experiences. You've already had them. We've already moved past that. So some people will argue like, yes, you can do that. And there aren't as many rules as people think. So theoretically, like, yeah, you could do that, but it wouldn't serve a purpose. So we don't, we've already moved beyond that. It's like, if you're watching a movie, why would you go back and just start it in a random place? You already know what's going to happen. So it's like, we've already pushed past that and it's not necessary. You can, you can sort of have those experiences in different countries um, in this life. So if you wanted to live a very complex, very technological life, you would, you would pick the United States, you'd pick, you know, maybe certain cities in Asian countries. If you wanted to live a life that had more simplicity, less technology, maybe, you know, to, you know for certain challenges or growth opportunities, you might, you might choose like more of a third world country. So we have all those opportunities to do now without having to go back. And that's where, you know, some people say, well, can you be animals? And yeah, but once you've made it to human, you kind of, you don't necessarily go back. Not that it doesn't happen, but animals have a different consciousness. Everything has energy. Everything has a different consciousness, whether it's a plant, an animal, a person. Once you move to human consciousness, it doesn't always make sense for you to move back that way, unless there's a very specific purpose. So, um, so you continue to sort of get as much contrast and ability to evolve as possible and the other thing to kind of like blow your mind is this isn't the only place where we reincarnate and i'm not talking about like other planets and stuff but it, you were talking about is time linear well the way that we use it as a constructional concept so um time the way we think about it on a clock was invented as a reference and a resource so people wouldn't have to say okay i will meet you when the sun is coming over the fourth tree when you're 12 medium steps away from you know the left side closest to the flower on the ground it was like i'll meet you at noon so it became something that was helpful and beneficial for us in a, in a way of communication um and as a reference but it isn't linear the way people think about it like okay there was the 1800s 1900s yeah in, in like a historical way for like the human brain to reference but it's it's much um it's much different than that and everything is sort of happening at the same time in different layers um and it's sort of like there's the whole figure eight thing going on so it's and that's where people well okay if, if somebody reincarnates can you still as a medium connect with them in a mediumship reading um so let's say somebody was like 80 years old and they wanted to connect with their mother who you know now has been deceased for 60 years well i'm connecting with their higher self i'm not connecting with their consciousness so even if they have reincarnated yeah i can still connect with their higher self and bring them back to their identity of the person that knew them and get the answers and the messages that that person wants very interesting and i liked your uh, your metaphor to time with the flowers the sun over the sixth tree by the third bush that's uh that'd be quite the hassle um and going back to the higher self that's kind of a big buzzword in this podcast i feel like how do you connect with your higher self would you say you have to do something that a lot of people in this culture um have a really hard time doing you have to get quiet you have to allow it we live mostly from what i would what people call the ego-based self um which is the self that identifies with things so um it's part of our personality it's again like a reference point it isn't a lot of people talk about it like it's a very negative thing like we need to overcome the ego and that's we don't want the ego to control us so when it's doing what it should do we know where our passions are we know what our natural skills are we know what our desires and likes and dislikes are and those all guide us your likes your dislikes your passions are not random if we didn't have those things we would be either very confused or it would be very boring there wouldn't be a lot of variety in life you go to a restaurant and you would have no idea what to order because you had no idea what you wanted or didn't want so it's part of who you are and what you're sort of experiencing and goes along with what you're trying to evolve and um, what your sort of your purpose is in this life. Um, but out of control, which the majority of people it is in the society, it only looks at what the outer circumstances of your life are. 
So you get very sucked into dramas. It's very much about, okay, I'm Allie and I'm a psychic and I'm supposed to do this and I want people to look at me this way. And, I, and it's, it's very controlling. And it's also, well, I want to do this, but what if I'm not good enough? And, it, and what if this happens? And what if that happens? So it creates a lot of anxiety and it actually traps us from moving forward and having the experiences that we really can have. It's where limiting beliefs come in. Um, the higher self doesn't have any of that. It's, it's just, it just is your, again, sort of like your GPS system, your intelligence, your way of connecting to, to truth. And so we want those things to be balanced and we're here living a human experience. We're not human beings trying to have a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings trying to have a human experience. So we want to have those human experiences of loving other people and having jobs and feeling, you know, satisfied with life. We want those things. That's what we're here for. But it makes it so much easier and less complicated and more and you just enjoy life more and you go with the flow when you connect with your higher self. So it's about shutting down the ego, which is also called the monkey mind. Like I think in Buddhism, they kind of reference that in meditation, that when you first start trying to get quiet, you, oh my gosh, I need to get groceries. Oh my gosh, I don't want to have to talk to so-and-so at the water cooler tomorrow because they always yell at me. It's, it's all of that, the things that you can't control or the things that try to keep us safe by being comfortable, but com being comfortable, even if you're uncomfortable, will end up killing you. It's like some people, even if their life's very uncomfortable, it's more comfortable the unknown of making decisions and moving forward. So, you know, meditation is great for that. And a lot of people um, have a really don't really fully understand what meditation is. Meditation is mindfulness. It's being very aware of your thoughts. It's self-actualization. It's self-awareness. So if your mind is the sky, then thoughts are clouds and you become aware of them. Okay, I need milk. Great. I can write that down and stop thinking about it. Okay. I don't want to meet so-and-so at the water cooler. Okay. I don't, that's just anxiety. I don't even know if they're going to be at work tomorrow. Like there's no purpose in thinking about it. Um, and then eventually you can kind of, you, you have that perception and it, and it, and it changes and you have more sort of control over where your thoughts go. You put intention behind what it is that you're thinking about giving your awareness to. Um, so there's certain meditations where yes, you do quiet your mind, but you can only do that for a matter of minutes. A Tibetan monk, you know, can't, can't quiet his mind for seven hours. You can only do that if you're dead or enlightened. So, you know, it's, it's about being very aware of what's going on within you and letting go of resistance. Um, and having that space where you where you then can connect with your higher self, where you can get nudges, where it leads you to thoughts that lead you to thoughts that lead you to your next action point or lead you to talking to somebody who gives you a job opportunity that you never would have come across. So it's not necessarily, oh my gosh, you know, I'm connected with my higher self. I know what the next minute of every day will hold and whatever decision would make and the name of my soulmate that I'm going to meet in 12 years. That's not necessarily how it works, but it is a guidance system of, okay, I know this is my next step versus I have no idea what I'm doing and this feels really gross about my life. So, um, so it is getting quiet and really listening and learning to trust it, but first acknowledging that you even have it. Like a, a lot of people don't even have that awareness. They're like, oh, they sort of can connect with the thought that we have a soul or there's some sort of energetic power that keeps us functioning. Um, but they don't necessarily know we have sort of this divine intelligence that we can connect with. So I want to touch on what you said there with the past lives. Um, you mentioned that if you want to choose or if you want to live a life with kind of the technology and those sort of issues, choose the United States, or if you want a more, I guess, natural with different uh, challenges, you'd maybe choose a third world uh, country. So do you get to choose which life you're going to live or choose where you're going to live? Do you kind of get what I mean? Do you have a choice or is it random? Is it in a wheel? Nope. This is, it's all your choice. And sometimes that blows people away because they're like, yep, would not choose that. Would not choose those parents. Would not choose. And it's like, well, you did. Um, so yeah, you absolutely choose because you choose what, so it, it comes back to what do you want to learn? What do you want to focus on? Like, what is your, everybody sort of has their own unique attributes to their soul, if you want to call it that, that will be a part of them in every life. So you still carry like your essence with you in every life, but it's sort of how are you going to use it in this life and what fears are you going to get over and what are you going to do? So 
we have sort of soul groups that we will reincarnate with. And I kind of mentioned that earlier about you might know some of other people. And those are, those are, those, your soul group is sort of people that you've had experiences with in multiple past lives. And they could be um, romantic relationships, parents, family, really close friends, coworkers, but people that you sort of um, have like a deeper connection with in, in your life. So most of those people, there's a reason why, why it feels like a deep connection versus like a new kind of soul you kind of meet in your life. And, and there's both of those. It's not like everybody in your life is somebody that you've, know, like you've specifically known in a past life. Um, so you kind of focus on like, okay, what do you want to learn? What do you want to, what do you want to kind of bring to the table? What can you offer? What can you add? Um, and that's how you sort of choose kind of location, like year. Um, and again, like not necessarily like 1556 going backwards, but like, okay, 1985, I'm going to wait till 2020. Um, so you kind of, you do have a choice um, with, with that based on just kind of like, kind of the boxes you want to check off. And then how do you, are you, are you able to tell just by your connection with the people that you, they're part of your soul group, or is there any other kind of special way that you can recognize that, hey, I've been through a lot with them and my past lives are all my lives? Usually if there's a lot of emotional connection, um, whether like, oh my gosh, I feel like I've known this person forever. Um, again, like I just have a deep connection or, you know, they're my family. Um, those are usually people that is usually a good indication that you've known somebody in a past life and even like pets, you know, like you've known this pet in a past life. Um, but also if it's really strong triggers, like you meet somebody and for the first time for no reason, you just can't stand them or you just have a like solid fear of this person and there's no like logical explanation for it. That's another indication that maybe like maybe something horrible happened between you and this person in a past life. So some of those, emotional reactions and attachments stay with you from a past life. If you're just really like, I don't know why I'm so attracted to this person, or I don't know why I hate this person or why I'm like, me and my best friend, like we just meshed, like my, one of my best friends, she, um, she moved in to, she was like a new kid in school. I, I think it was eighth grade. And she, I was in science class, just talking to another friend and she just came in and I just looked over at my other friend. I'm like, we need to get her over here. Like, I just know this girl. She's going to be like my best friend. Like we need to start talking to her. Like we need to bring her on board. And we just were like, Hey, do you want to hang out with us? And she's my, she's been like one of my best friends. Like she's moved to a, a ton of different places in the United States. We've never lost touch. Sometimes we don't talk for six months, but as soon as we do, it's not like we have to talk every day. There's times when we barely talking for like a year or spoken for a year. And we just like pick up like we left off. And I just, you know, we just have this deep connection and it's just like, we don't need to talk about deep things all the time, but it's just, I know, you know, I know I can call her whenever. And that's how those, that's kind of how you know. And that's a very wholesome feeling when you uh, can just connect with somebody right away, you know that they're your guy or they're your gal. That's, it's really cool. Yeah. It's a really cool experience in life. Um, and you touched on your intuition playing a part of that. Um, it's interesting because we just had a professor, an old professor of mine on the podcast, and he was talking about the fact that you've been fine-tuning your gut. You've been fine-tuning your intuition your whole life. It grows. It's a, it's a weapon in a good way, not a negative way. But is that kind of what you're saying here? Is your gut or intuition, is that something to really listen to when it speaks to you like that? Absolutely. Um, the trick is knowing when it's your intuition and when it's your ego. So is it just fear or is it um, expectation or is it your intuition? Um, and there's a couple tricks. It takes a lot of practice. So don't just leave this podcast and be like, I need to go like blow all my money in a blackjack hand because I'm pretty sure I'm going to win. Like use common sense. Your intuition is never fear-based. It's never going to say, oh my gosh, I shouldn't do that because they're all going to laugh at me. I know I shouldn't like sign up to be a speaker or, you know, that's not your intuition. That's fear. If it's really your intuition and it's a bad idea, they're like, mm, this just doesn't feel right. Mm, this doesn't feel like a good opportunity. This doesn't feel, this, this feels like there's a lot of resistance. Um, or, you know, it'll feel like this really feels like it's a good opportunity. And then your fear might, oh my gosh, but maybe I'm not good enough. Or maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. So 
it's it's sort of this deep knowing and if it's coming from your head or like your chest and it's fear-based then that's probably ego and fear if it's coming from like your stomach and like I, I mean it's hard to explain what your soul feels like but it's just like depth in you um or like this deep knowing and you don't know what it comes from and it's not like logical um that's your intuition and it's not so much that we grow it over time it's that we need to forget everything that we've been taught that sort of di like dims it down so you are born incredibly intuitive children are incredibly intuitive but it's the families and the societies and the culture that sort of train you not to listen to it train you that it's your imagination and that was kind of for me that was one of my biggest things of why i needed a mentor in the first place like I'm old enough that when I was like growing up, we had like Oregon Trail. Like we didn't have the internet to be like, oh, what is empathic? What is psychic? What are spirit guides? Like there weren't like that many books that were considered occult and new age and metaphysical, which like I was reading at a really like bizarrely young age about all that stuff. Um, but my family didn't come from like a background of psychics and mediums and stuff. Like I do have that that runs in my family, but it was more religious. So they didn't talk about it and it was kind of like bad. So. Um, I didn't have like that guidance. So it was like, oh, that's your imagination. You don't see dead people. That's your imagination. You don't, you know, your dreams aren't coming true. That's your imagination. So we were taught very young to turn that off. Like, nope, that's not real. Like pictures that pop up in your, in your mind, that's your imagination. That's not, you don't pay attention to those things. So we're taught, we were taught to like dim it. So you really just have to unlearn what you've learned about what intuition is and what it's not and that it is real and when i work with i mentor people all over the world whether they're people just starting out with gifts or professional psychics that want to be able to kind of do what i do a little bit more or a little bit deeper um then um we really look at like you need to just you need to trust it first of all and you need to allow it to come in because most people aren't allowing it based on their own limiting beliefs or their monkey mind that they really just tune it out and cancel it out and so everybody has this this isn't special it's what we're innately born with and what we what just being part of human is we have the five senses but we do have a sixth sense as well it's just harder to sort for people to understand that because there hasn't been a lot of scientific proof behind it although now there really is they're doing more research about it the cia has been using psychics for quite a while and that's you can find that in the internet there's documents about it they used it especially for remote viewing so um it's not you know as as weird and taboo as people kind of a lot of people still think it is huh interesting i didn't know that there was uh psychics being used in the fbi and um, higher forces like that. That's really interesting. That's, that's, that's definitely a weapon, I'd say. But you mentioned that kids have a very strong intuition. And I know that this is gonna, this is gonna get us going into something down the podcast or later in the podcast very soon, actually, um, regarding animal communication, because I know you do that stuff. Do, do dogs, they always talk about, you know, dogs barking when there's bad news on the horizon or, you know, an intruder on the way or something like that. Do animals have a strong intuition compared to humans, or is that just a myth? Well, animal consciousness, like I mentioned, is much different than ours. But yes, they're very much tuned in with like the spiritual realm, with um, energy, energy shifts. So, you know, they've done research about when hurricanes and tsunamis, let's take tsunamis, for example, are coming, all the animals run up like up the side of a mountain like they get the heck out of there birds take off and people are like what's going on why are they all the animals going up um and i'm trying to remember the specific tsunami that they were talking about when i was hearing all these stories about um about the specifically in certain like tribes trying to get the people in, of the town this was like maybe 12 years ago and nobody believed them and then the tsunami hit and the people that survived were the people that like the animals are leaving it means the tsunami is coming um and so yeah like animals are very in tune with the natural rhythms because that's how they survive and that's how we used to survive as well so it's about being in tune with like the natural forces um and dogs are very tuned in with the physical world although they're they are very intuitive they see you know deceased people and all of that and cats are actually kind of like more of the psychic realm they're really good at meditating monks actually like study cats for meditation reasons um but yeah no pets and animals are incredibly uh incredibly intuitive and they 
it's like, how do, how do they know we're going to the vet? How do they know we're coming home? Um, if it's not like our normal routine, well, because they know, because, because they don't, they don't judge their intuition. They don't say, well, that's my imagination. They're not really coming home right now. It's not time for dinner. They, they're like, no, okay, they're coming home. Yeah. I noticed that my dogs will know that, uh, when we're getting ready to take them for a walk, they'll start getting excited and things like that. So I think that's super fascinating. And then I also liked how you touched on how the CIA and whatnot use psychics. I remember reading that they would use remote viewers to try to see the future to kind of, you know, create the one they want, but they were never able to see past 2012. Um, I just wanted to throw that in there. And then I kind of want to just bring it back to the intuition part real quick and the limiting, limiting beliefs. Uh, Cause I think we all deal with limiting beliefs and we also, like you said, I've kind of had our intuition dumbed down. What is something that we can do to raise our intuition back to the levels that they're at when we were children? And also how can we get rid of those limiting beliefs that we have? Um, so for the intuition and really strengthening it, again, meditation, like letting go of resistance, allowing that time and space. If you're thinking about groceries and work and where the kids need to go to soccer practice next, you're not allowing, you're not shutting off your brain enough to be able to change. Like it is a frequency wave thing between beta and alpha and that kind of thing as well, um, just like meditation is. And so you're not allowing yourself the space to do it. Um, that doesn't mean you won't get strong impulses of like, oh, I don't feel like I should, you know, trust this person. You might still get those, but to really strengthen it, you need to make time and space to really allow that. And you need to sort of, again, have that mindfulness to be able to put it into practice. Um, practicing it is really important of just like acknowledging it. Every time you think you something is coming up or your gut's telling you something, it doesn't mean you have to act on it. Um, and, and, and please don't until you, until you really have figured out like what your intuition is, but take notice and be like, okay, I, I'm really getting a bad sense about this person. They seem really nice. Everybody really likes them, but there's something about them. I don't think I'm being judgmental or critical. I just have a bad feeling. So just like write it in a journal or just mentally put that in the back of your head and see how that plays out. Or, you know, like, oh, I just really, you know, feel like I need to go to the grocery store today. So like, um, for me, I just really felt compelled to go down to the river bottoms today and I wasn't sure why and then I sent you guys kind of the videos and um, a bunch of cool stuff happened down there and I was really glad I went down there but so it's like okay I don't know why I'm being told to go to the river bottoms just, it's a good idea I need to go down there so um so it, it's about just the first things I would say is learning to quiet your mind having a mindfulness practice allowing it to come in don't discount sort of the impressions or what your imagination is saying um, and you know, some things are, aren't going to be, some things aren't going to be accurate or they're coming through in symbolism. So it's not, you know, you, everything that comes in, isn't going to be justifiably right. It isn't going to be like, oh, I, I pictured my, um, neighbor stealing our mail that came into my head. He must be doing that. No, not necessarily. So some of it is just learning how to process the details as well. And what is, what is just coming in and what is your intuition but um just starting to pay attention it starting to jot down notes about it and starting to acknowledge it and just being like grateful for it i will start doing that i will definitely start doing that and something you actually told me yesterday that i wanted to mention that i did that helped me a lot was journaling um just kind of crack open a journal either at night right away in the morning is what you recommended but you told me just start journaling let your higher self start writing. Don't worry about what it is. You can read it a few days later. And last night I was texting Jake and I said, hey, um, remember, Ali said, full moon tonight, great time to manifest, great time to journal. And I did it. I felt amazing. I felt light. I slept like a freaking rock. So thank you. But I did want to circle back. I know you mentioned astrology earlier in the podcast. And I know this is a big part of, you know, reading energy and whatnot. Um, and I just... I was wondering if you could explain um, like a small scale example, the full moon last night. How do you use astrology and the energy going on in the universe, the solar system to get reads on not only people, but what's going on in the world and how to use that to your advantage? So everybody's going to use that a little bit different. So there's sort of different modalities that psychics can use as tools and astrology being one of them, tarot being another. Um, I personally don't 
use those things as a way of just that basis to communicate uh, to communicate information. I'll use astrology as a sort of a reference point to what's going on and how it's affecting people. Um, I will say I am not an astrologer. Like if you put me next to an actual astrologer, I would just be like, I don't know what to say. But I know, like, I know the, you know, I I know enough. So like, I know what a full moon's in Libra, like how that's gonna like affect what Libra means and what a full moon does. Um, when the planets conjunct, you know, I know enough to know like what that's going to do to like the human population. But if I'm looking at somebody's chart, I'd be like, oh, okay, that's, you know, I can give you a very general, but it, it would not be an astrology reading. So I'm just going to like start with that, not astrologer. Um, but I, I do reference it in readings if it's pertinent. So some people are very affected by the energy and some people not so much. I'm very affected by the astrology and I can tell exactly when like an energy shift's happening without like consciously like knowing it where my husband just very baseline like he doesn't pick up on this stuff he feels the same no matter what's happening so like if I was giving somebody like that a reading I wouldn't mention moon phases in astrology it just wouldn't it wouldn't be necessary um so so yeah I mean it, it is all energy and it doesn't it I don't want to say it like astrology affects things but it doesn't cause things to happen it's again a reference point. Like if you do the research behind um, the past cycles, it shows you how the future cycles are going to sort of manifest themselves. So it's a way of predicting the energy shifts, but the symbolism comes through different. So for example, the one that I've been talking about for the last year, very much in depth with clients and in my newsletters, was the Saturn-Pluto conjunction that happened in January. Well, every time a Saturn-Pluto conjunction happens, especially when Jupiter is part of it, which it was this time, it creates crisis and trauma within society for transformation, for healing in the long run. And Jupiter is about finances, so I could apply that to like, okay, you know, the, the economy isn't going to do well. There's going to be crisis trauma in 2020. It's going to be a very transformational year. It's going to be very, um, it's going to be not necessarily easy for people and it's going to affect the, you know, the stock market and the economics behind it. And then you look at, well, it's in Capricorn. So it's going to have um, a lot of controlling energy about how we're being controlled, what's being manipulated. There was Neptune in there. So there's a lot of illusion. There's a lot of deception going on around this. Um, and a, num a number of other things. And so if you look back over the past of when this has happened in that sign and that degree, um, at various times, it's like, okay, every time these, these come together in different degrees, it's 9-11, it's different world wars, it's the flu ep uh, epidemic, it's the bubonic plague. So we can look back and be like, okay, there's probably a pretty good indication that there is, you know, going to be some sort of virus because there's other planets involved that have to do with viruses, plagues, that kind of thing that are also like coming up with this and airborne things. And also I think it's Uranus that had an effect on this, which that's air travel. So people could get pretty pretty good at saying, here's what we think is going to happen, but it's the symbology can be interpreted in different ways with astrology, right? So you might not, every astrologer isn't going to say, okay, there's going to be, there's going to be a virus. There's going to be, you know, stuff with this, but we can say it probably is going to affect the economy or going to affect finances and stability because it's going on in this way. So I always kind of tell my clients, if, if they're affected by those things, kind of pay attention. You don't have to become an astrologer, but, you know, find a good, you know, YouTube channel to follow or read my newsletters, that kind of thing. So you can kind of see, you know, and I kind of go through that, you know, in a general way. Hey, here's what's coming up for the month. Here's where the new moon and the full moon. Here's, it's, it's in Libra, so there's going to be a lot of balancing things out. There was a Jupiter-Pluto conjunction this, uh, this weekend, so there's going to be a lot of expansion of fear expansion of people being upset about the virus going on so it's it's really looking at how that and then of course if you get your chart read there can get it very specific to you I've, I've had my chart read once and it was uh, mind-blowing I'm actually doing it again this this week it's my mentor's husband and I'm like yeah let's do this but um so it's always very like he describes like without knowing what I do for a living really um you know like what my business is and what like what I'm like what my purpose is and it's 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 incredible it's incredibly accurate um but so we look at that and then so the moon always affects it's it's a great time for releasing it's a great time for manifesting it's the moon is at the peak of its power and, and the moon really is about intuition it's about emotion um 
it's about seeing through illusions, but emotions can sometimes cloud judgment, that kind of thing. Um, so and it, it's about um, the end of cycle. So it, not, I don't know if end of cycles is the right way to do it, but it's sort of the peak and the completion. So if you start manifesting on the new moon, a lot of times in that process, you'll hit a peak around the full moon because the moon is now full. So um, if you think about it in terms of energy and what it affects, so we had a super moon last night. Um, and so it mean, that just means it's the closest to earth that it will be in its, in its um, cycle for, for 12 months. Um, we have a couple of them this year, but this one is, is the closest. So we look at how that affects tides. You know, the moon affects tides. Um, it affects, you know, there, there's more earthquakes. There's more, um, there's more flooding. There's more of that kind of thing around a full moon. And we can just look at that based on like the, what do they call the old farmer's almanac, that kind of that, that kind of thing. But also if you have ever worked in retail, if you've ever worked in the, you know, hospitals, if you've ever worked in police law enforcement, I have a family member that's a police officer. He always knows when it's a full moon without me having to tell him as I, as a dog groomer and working with animals, like I knew when it was a full moon, like people, animals, like things get, it's called lunacy. Like people get a little bit different. Um, for me, I feel I get more easily stressed out, more overwhelmed. Um, I don't sleep. I never sleep well on a full moon just because it's a lot of energy. It's intense energy. We're around a new moon. I kind of feel like things are flowing a little bit easier. So that does, you know, it, it does affect things because it's all vibration. It's all frequency. It's all energy. And all of these things are all working together in their, in their own cycles, in their own ways, in their own characteristics. So yeah, you can really start a using it to your benefit to know how that specifically affects you by paying attention, getting your chart read, that kind of thing. Um, but even just learning about the moon phases and manifestation, okay, like new moon, great for setting intentions, waxing moon, great for kind of working towards that full moon, full moon, great for really like any sort of manifestation, not necessarily set into intentions. You can do that on a full moon because anything goes, but it's also a great time for releasing. And then healing and releasing and letting things go is over the waning moon until the new moon. And the new moon is when you look in the sky and there's no moon. It's completely dark. The Earth's shadow is completely covering it. The full moon, most people know what that is. The waxing moon is when it's a crescent coming and building towards the full moon. And the waning moon is when it's getting smaller and disappearing in the sky. But sometimes I forget to tell people that and they have no idea what I'm talking about. So I just want to throw that in there too. The whole, I've gotten really into astrology for, I mean, I'm not going to say really, but I have gotten into it lately and it's incredible. It gets a bad rep because you got people that just put out super generalized statements and reading your horoscope and whatnot. When you get down to the thick of things, it really does have, it's very accurate and it's crazy. 